Gentlemen, welcome to episode 54 of Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and the Grand Stand Sports Network, the best view in sports. I am your co-host, Chad Dedemenesis. I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey. And it is September, Chad. It is September. It is, I mean, for September, what are we at? September 5th? I mean, mm-hmm. today we have some hockey news today, man. Like, it's like Dreger was like, hey, man, I'm back. He was tough on Anthony CU that we're going to kind of get to later. I mean, we had – I guess we kind of blew the news. We had Tony on yesterday, and we're kind of recording this part today. So we kind of talk about it, but we kind of found out more today. So well, I guess we'll kind of get to that later. But, um, I mean, Sam Bennett's kind of in that same boat, but there was some Sabres news too. So we, we got hockey not, right around the corner. Talk about it. Yeah, it's crazy. There's hockey games on a, on Friday, hockey games. Like, There's vi- videos of Stamkos practicing and Eichel and no postwood practice. It's, yeah, it's go time. Hanging out Population Palmerville signs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get to the hockey talk, you, my friend, had a pretty, I don't know, what do you call it, ordeal. You had a situation. You had, I don't know, for me, like, I hate the dentist. Like, I would say right now. Like if I never go to the dentist ever again the rest of my life, I'll be the happiest guy in the world. I hate it. Like they, I think they put out those instruments of torture next to you for no reason. Like they just do it to scare you, and they're like the worst people in the world. <laughs> you had to go get four wisdom teeth pulled out this week, and I can only imagine how that went. But I will give you credit. The day you got your wisdom teeth pulled, you like you sent out like a mass group text, man, for our fancy hockey stuff. So that, like I told you, that was pretty impressive. I'm even more impressed how you pulled that off. Yeah, I mean. Got him pulled Thursday. It was, uh, I guess, my first advice would be to anyone who is around the age of 27 or younger, if you have to get him out, get him out now. Because <laughs> uh, he just kept saying, well, we can't turn back the hands of time. I wish you were younger. <laughs> this is really going to hurt. Yeah. Really hurt, Yank. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's just like drilling at my jaws. I'm sitting there. Oh, you're awake for it? Yeah. Yeah, I just oh, did what, man. I just what did laughing guess. What are you doing? I, nah, it wasn't bad. It was honestly the the worst part was the Novocaine. 
Because you can kind of feel the needle going like into the roof of your mouth, and, and stuff. it's the longest needle in the world, too, right? Yeah, so that that part hurt. Um, but I, I mean, like the, the laughing gas wasn't that bad. Uh, the Novocaine hurt like a biatch, but kind of once the Novocaine kicked in, is honestly so like the people you see online. Because of course I got this question: Oh, did your wife videotape you at all? That's yeah. for the people who are like heavily sedated, like yeah. IV. Which I thought you did. There. I was gonna ask. That was one of my questions. I thought you did that. Nope, I was gonna ask nope. you, man. The only thing, <laughs> the only kind of funny story, was you feel like everything is swollen, even though it's <laughs> not. So the Novocaine, my lips felt like they were just ginormous. <laughs> and so at one point, I'm kind of like he he puts the Novocaine in, and then he leaves the room for a while to kind of let it settle to make sure everything's done. Right, right, yeah. And uh, the nurse is still in the room with me though, and so I'm like licking my lip, and for whatever <laughs> reason, I just start laughing my ass off. And she just looks, she looks down at me and goes, "Good stuff, huh?" <laughs> and I just start laughing, but. I mean, other than that, man, it's it has not been fun. Thursday, uh, about two hours after, from like two hours to five hours, I was in a ton of pain. Friday felt pretty good, but Saturday to even today, uh, I'm still on the meds, still still feeling it. So that's the the price I pay, I guess, for waiting until 27 to get these pulled. But I get them out Thursday and get the stitches out Thursday, and uh, hopefully then we'll be back to normal, but I mean, here I am, we're talking, so. Yeah, we're, we're talking hockey, and you, you even did it yesterday in 15 minutes, too, so I'll give you credit for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, I got four, when I was younger, I got four permanent teeth pulled for braces, and yeah, uh, yeah. I had them knock me out, though, like, I'm not playing around with the dentist, like, you are knocking me out. <laughs> like, they wanted to give me laughing gas stuff, my mom had to call them, because I wasn't going unless you knock me out, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, they just, she said, uh, if you feel woozy, Breathe through your mouth so you get some oxygen. But if you're feeling good, <laughs> breathe through your mouth. Breathe through your nose because it's just like a little mask over your nose. Uh-huh. And I mean, there's definitely points where he's yanking, and I'm like, like breathing as hard <laughs> as I could <laughs> into my nose, like trying to get as much of that laughing gas in my system as I could. But uh, oh man, I mean, for the most part, it it honestly it wasn't too bad. Oh, I don't know. It's 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 making my teeth hurt right now. We gotta change topics. I, I give you credit, man. All the power to you. <laughs> You're here, so our listeners should respect that. You're t- you're taking the pain here at nine thirty at night, nine fifty at night to talk hockey. So oh yeah, I've got I've got my hydrocone ten sitting ready to go as soon as it <laughs> starts to hurt. That's dedication. <laughs> uh, but I mentioned the fantasy draft. So that was impressive, man. Like, that's that's coming too. A couple weeks for us, right? Yeah, uh, the twenty third. We're going to do it. Keepers are locked in on the sixteenth. Uh, we had a lot of decisions to make. I've already you know made some calls on some guys I know I'm not going to keep. Try to move up in the draft. Um, I think I'm going to move Panarin. I think I decided I'm going to try to move Panarin. Yeah, I think – so my problem is center is obviously one of the deepest positions. I think it is the deepest position. Right. And so right now I'm keeping Carlson, Bergeron, Tavares, and Forsberg, who are all centers. But Forsberg will be a left wing by, like, week two. True. So I'm not too worried about that. So, But, but I mean, again, for – I, I know we're talking fantasy real quick, and, and most people don't care about your team. You only care about your own team. But uh, I got guys like Wierenski, Marner, Pasternak, Raquel. I mean, guys that blew up last year. And uh, uh, I don't so know about I, Pasta. He wants Dreisaitl money, so I may not have him to start the season. Well, he, I'm going to try and dump him on somebody and hopefully get a, a higher draft pick. But, 
it's going to be hard to let some of those guys go. Even like a guy like Bishop, who could do really well in Dallas this year. Yeah. So uh, it's tough, but I think those are the four I'm going to stay with, and uh, we'll kind of see how the draft plays out. So. Yeah, for me, be it, fun. it's Eichel, Line A. Uh, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to go over Brofsky. I'm still pondering Murray, but I think I'll go over Brofsky because I mean, you can't drop the goalie one of the best in the last year, you know. Tough. And. Uh, and I think I'm going to hang on to Blake Wheeler and try to move Panarin. I think it's, I mean, I don't know. Like part of me is like today, I'm like, I don't know, it's Panarin. I was like, Patrick Kane. Like, but he's there's still a, probably kind of good, though. Like, <laughs> there's an article tough. actually today I, I saw. It said uh, Panarin's hungry and ready to prove that it wasn't all Patrick Kane. Yes, I saw that too. It's going to be thinking about it. I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we'll see if I can get something for him. We'll see how that goes. So I'm excited for it, though. I got I to gotta, I gotta see if I can. It's a move. Usually, I made moves. You know, the last the first two years, I moved up to get Ike Gold, and the year before last year, I moved up to get Line. So it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough this year because you don't kind of have that guy. I don't. No, see there's a, no big guy at the top. There's no Matthews, Line, Ike, or McDavid at the top. So it's right, kinda, I don't see anyone really moving up, even though it's like technically like round five because everyone has four keepers, and right. this is the third year of our dynasty league. But um, yeah, Nico and Nolan. I don't think anyone's moving up to really take them. If anything, I'm I'm waiting quite a while before I even think about them. So it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to make make moves this year before keepers are held. I agree. The last thing on the list here for the little uh, chat, our Labor Day weekend chat here is, you had NHL 18 player ratings. So mm-hmm. I that's all you because I don't have NHL 18 yet. So you gotta you gotta kind of lead me on this topic. Well, the uh, top 50 came out for the NHL player ratings. <coughs> I, I figured I'd play a little game with you. Okay, here we Since, go. Since uh, I know you don't have a PS4, so. No, if I happens when you have a kid, you don't get those cool things. <laughs> I kind of figured <laughs> that you didn't see this. So I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'll just ask you a couple questions here. Uh, okay. Who do you think is number one? McDavid. Yeah, how, what do you think the overall is? 97. I'll go with this number. 93. Really? But, yeah. So I thought McDavid, at least like a 95. McDavid is one. Uh, McDavid and Crosby are 93. No one's higher than that. Uh, let's go Eichel. What do you think he's at? Uh, if, if McDavid's a 93. Jeez, you know, he's so underrated. I'm going to go like 85. A little higher, 87. Really? All right. It's not bad. Matthews is also an 87. Really? He's equal to Matthew, Matthew like a 91 or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. NHL 18, showing the respect. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. You got – uh, the top 50 guys range from 87 to 93. Uh, right, can close. I try to guess the top five? Because you already gave me two. Yeah, sure. All right, so I have Crosby and McDavid, the top two, you said. Yep. Eric Carlson? Nope. Really? Is it all forwards? Uh, two forwards and a goalie. Bobrovsky? Nope. Price? Yeah, Carey Price. Jeez, get out of Price. here. Price is a 92 at four overall, so you're missing three and five. Uh, Patrick Kane? Nope. Carlson is number six at 91, and Kane is seven at 91. What? Malkin? Malkin's number three at 92. Come on. And you're missing number five. Uh, number five? I don't know. Tarasenko? Old school. Older school. Is, is it? It's Ovechkin still? Yeah. Ovi's still 89. What? Come on. Yeah, Tarasenko's uh, 90, so he's uh, just outside the top 10. Interesting. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so you had Kane at 7, Doughty at 8, which is surprising. Doughty? Stamkos at 9, and Tavares at 10. 
Tavares. Tavares, man, that watch started today. Did you see that? He wasn't a was, – was he the one who wasn't at practice? No, that was Duchesne. Duchesne, that all, that all started today with the uh, – I saw some things on Tavares. That's going to be a thing to watch all season, you know? Yeah, Usually the yeah. Sabres are kind of going to be in that conversation like, oh, we're Buffalo. We have a rich owner. But <laughs> if he goes to free agency, I don't think Sabres will be involved in that one because they're going to have to pay their uh, their one guy $10 million. And if he has a monster season – more than yeah. that, but we'll get into that later. We'll we definitely will, which makes me nervous. And not for the crazy people on Twitter's reason, nervous, but no, not because someone's gonna come swipe them, but because of what it might cost you if you yeah. play this game. Yes, sir. Uh, but what we're gonna do next, uh, here is <clears throat> like I said, we talked to Tony Wolak, who is the Detroit Red Wings, uh, covers, covers the Detroit Red Wings for the hockey writers. Uh, Tony, it was a great interview. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. We did this interview yesterday, so we'll play it now. Um, I thought it was really good. You know, listen back to it today, doing some editing. Tony had a lot of good stuff in there. Um, so I'll play it for you now. And then when we come back after that interview, uh, Bill and I will talk about some of the stuff that he said in the interview. So here is our discussion with Tony Wolak, part of our division preview. So we've covered the Bruins now, and now the Detroit Red Wings. So we have the Leafs, Panthers, Lightning, Maple Leafs. Did I ever say them? I don't know. We have a few teams left. Senators. Senators. Oh, Ottawa. Good God. All right. So so here's our Detroit division preview. Hope you enjoy it with Tony. We'll be back shortly. All right. So joining us now, we have Tony Wolak, who covers the Detroit Red Wings for the Hockey Writer. Uh, This is part of our look around the division. Uh, We had the Bruins a couple weeks ago, and now we're taking a look at the Detroit Red Wings. Tony, Chad, and Bill here, man. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it on this end too, boys. So let's get right into the questions here. We'll kind of start with the, uh, I guess you could say more of the hotter topic around Detroit here the last couple of weeks. Andreas Antonisiu, man, what's what's going on? He's still unsigned. There's rumors of a KHL contract out there. What, what's going to happen here? I know Detroit is already, I believe they have no cap, if not mistaken, already. So what, how do you see this kind of playing out here? Yeah, never heard of the guy before. Definitely not news. Um, yeah, uh, Andreas Athanasiu still needs to be signed. Um, and like you mentioned, he has an offer from the, the KHL, whether that's legitimate or not, or just leverage, um, we'll see. But I'm confident something will get done. You know, this has happened before with the Red Wings uh, on many occasions. The The one time I can think of where there was a similar circumstance and the player ended up bolting was when uh, Yuri Hoodler uh, – he wanted a new contract. Detroit wasn't giving him the money he wanted, so he signed to play in the KHL for a year um, and then came back the year after. You know, Hopefully, the Red Wings will avoid this with a fantasy. Um, I'm confident something will get done. Um, what's, what my prediction is is uh, he'll end up signing you know, a two-year deal, about a little over $2 million a season um, for the AAV when everything's uh, undone. So how does, like I mentioned, Detroit's cap space, I'm looking at cap friendly right now, says they have a negative projected cap space. How do they uh, how do they fit this in? Does somebody have to go, basically? Is that kind of how they have to make that work? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a, there's a number of things that need to happen. I covered this a few weeks back. Um, for starters, uh, Johan Franzen is already on long-term IR, so his uh, roughly $4 million cap hit uh, is irrelevant at this point. Um, so... Redmonds do have a little bit of cap space, but not enough to sign a fantasy U. Um, not enough to, to you know, 
have a full 23-man roster under the cap, um, which is not ideal for a team that that finished last year uh, qualifying for the draft lottery. Um, so, uh, you know, what needs to be done is a player needs to be moved. Um, right now, there are a few players who who could be moved, you know, before the season starts. Uh, the two names that sort of jump out right away are Jonathan Erickson, just because he has a substantial cap hit for not a lot of return. Riley Shan's a possibility if someone wanted to buy him low and he comes with a $2 million cap hit and uh, he's due for a new contract after the season. And then finally, uh, Gustav Nyquist um, is a possibility just because, you know, he has some value and the Red Wings will be able to get something back in exchange for him apart from cap space. If anything, I see the Red Wings moving uh, Erickson. Um, what's likely going to end up happening is once, uh, you know, once training camp opens, uh, preseason games uh, are, are uh, start to play, uh, someone is going to find an injury and uh, find themselves on long-term injured reserve. Um, it, this has happened before. The injury may not be that severe, but that's just, I mean, it's a, it's a piecemeal way to go about it, but right. it's one way to get around the cap. And uh, not saying a player is going to be faking an injury, but I think, you know, the likely scenario is, there, is there's going to be a Band-Aid solution for the time being. So, uh, Tony, next for me, the goalies. Uh, that's kind of the interesting thing for me. Mirazik kind of had a down year last year, uh, a little over 500. Uh, 901 save percentage. He's only 25, but I guess for me, it was interesting that he was exposed in the draft, whether there's a back, you know, backroom deal or not. What kind of happens? Is there a two headed monster or who kind of gets a start with Howard or Marezik this year? So uh, Howard is expected to begin the year as the starter for the Red Wings. Uh, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. He had a great year last year and, you know, that's, that's good for the organization, but you know, he's also on the wrong side of 30 and, I know Mrazek's going to be hungry after his down year. You know, as for Mrazek, he's a very talented goalie, and he just, you know, just was not himself last year. He had difficulty seeing through screens. His uh, his angles were off. He focused, you know, entirely too much on the uh, on the reverse uh, vertical horizontal positioning um, in tight. When uh, that also hinders your movement ability, I think. Last year was a wake-up call, and the expansion draft, uh, you know, definitely added to that. I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to be back to his dominant self this year, but I'm, I'm fairly confident that you'll see a different goalie this year as opposed to last year. So I'm going to head back to your, uh, well, Detroit's cap situation here with, the, uh, with another player here that's, I don't know, I guess maybe they have another dead suit situation kind of on their hands here. Henrik Zetterberg signed through 2021, but. The report came out, he's only going to play another year or two. And I don't know, that's two more years of dead money, looks like, on the cap. How's that uh, How's that sitting in Detroit right now? <laughs> Not very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it was an interesting uh, interview he had uh, back home where he revealed that he's probably going to be playing two more seasons and that uh, this, his contract was just to circumvent the cap back before the recapture uh, penalty was implemented. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, you know, he said he'll play two more years um, this year and next, and uh, then go from there. I'm, 
I don't know. It's, 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 it kind of came out of left field and, uh, you know, this would put the Red Wings in a bad spot, but you know, they'll, they'll, they'll figure something out. They'll have a couple players coming off the books. So maybe that dead money will be an issue then as it would be now. But, uh, yeah, losing Henrik Zetterberg is going to be a huge issue for the Red Wings, not only from a salary cap standpoint, but from a leadership and uh, and production standpoint as well. I mean, he was one of our better players. He, he was our best player last year. And, you know, for his age, that's, uh, you know, it's great for him, not great for the organization. Um, but then again, he also sort of had a revival last year uh, when he was finally healthy. He's been dealing with uh, back issues since – well, since the 2014 Olympics, pretty much. And, uh, you know, last year he looked like his, you know, his old self. And uh, if that can continue, great. Um, if he starts to decline again, it's kind of expected. But uh, it all depends on, uh, for, his, for this, this early retirement uh, and salary cap issue, it all depends on how the next few years play out for Ken Holland just because there are a number of, of uh, albatrosses on the <laughs> – uh, on, on the books right now. And, you know, if, uh, if, if Zetterberg retires and those uh, contracts are gone, it's not a big deal. But if we're still paying uh, average players above average salaries, then, you know, right. another, that's, we'll deal with that another day, honestly. <laughs> well, like I'll, I want to follow up on that quickly is, you know, we saw that move dead to Pavelis after he left. I mean, is there any way, well, maybe while Zetterberg's still playing, so a team kind of takes the burden, they can try to move him in the next two years while he's still playing? Or do you think that'd be something that, out of respect for Zetterberg, they wouldn't do that? Maybe you would see a Datsu thing where he moves his contract after he's done. Yeah, I mean, I, for a proud organization like the Red Wings, I, I can't see them moving Zetterberg before he's done playing. Um, it'll, if this indeed plays out how Zetterberg said it will, they'll – try to move him after he calls the quits, uh, just move his contract to another team and, uh, you know, let them deal with that. But as far as, uh, you know, moving them, it's highly, highly doubtful that Zetterberg will even, even want to go elsewhere um, or the Red Wings, you know, make the decision to just trade him. All righty. So enough with the old guys. <laughs> I'm uh... a... <laughs> I'm always interested in, you know, kind of the up and coming, especially a team like the Detroit, who it looks like they're have a rebuild on the horizon. Uh, per your article, you had keep an eye on Rasmussen, Cholowski, and, and Petrozelli. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Petrozelli. Um, uh, so who would you say, think uh, coming into camp this year, uh, who should we keep an eye on? And maybe who's got a good chance to make the roster? I'm interested to see how Rasmussen plays against, uh, you know, NHLers. I, I don't expect him to make the roster by any means, but, you know, right. when you have a an 18 year old that size with his skill set. Um, it just, it'll be interesting to see how that stacks up right away. Um, you know, down the road, he'll be a top six guy and uh, hopefully an anchor at center. But uh, you know, for his first training camp with the Red Wings, uh, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued and uh, we'll see how it plays out for the goalie Petrozelli. He, he won't be at camp just because he'll be at a college. He's attending Quinnipiac and, uh, um, he'll be there getting ready for his season. And then finally, Cholowski, uh, you know, I don't expect him to make the roster by any means this year, uh, but he is the, their top defensive prospect who's not playing minor league hockey. Um, he's, he'll be playing in the WHL this season after a year at uh, St. Cloud State. 
So um, again, just want to see how he'll, how he will stack up against NHLers, um, you know, at, at training camp. As far as prospects who can make an impact this year, we have a couple defensemen, Billy Sarajarvi and uh, Phil Peronic, who played in the OHL last season. Um, they're two mobile right-handed defensemen, offensive, and can play the power play. Um, not something we've had very, uh, not something we've had in players, uh, you know, lately. Um, not since for Brian Rafalski and you know with Mike Green now, but. Uh, just new dimensions to the blue line that, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see how they stack up against, you know, more one-dimensional players like Erickson and uh, and uh, Danny DeKaiser. But um, I don't expect them to make the roster with, you know, the salary cap issues that they have and the plethora of defensemen that are already on the roster on one-way deals. But, uh, you know they can make an impact and see the NHL ice a little sooner than projected if uh, they have a good camp. So while we're on the topic of young guys, one guy I kind of wanted to bring up here on the younger side, uh, Dylan Larkin, he tore it up his rookie year. I mean, he was up there with Eichel and uh, McDavid, you know, his rookie year is some of the maybe the hot and upcoming players in the league. And then last year, I don't know what happened. It's kind of like he, I don't know, I guess, I guess you could say sophomore slump, but it, it kind of hit him hard is, is there really any concern with Larkin? I mean, I know there's kind of issue too. They wanted to be a center and then wing, and he kind of flip flop back and forth. I mean, how's that looking for Larkin this year? Are they going to leave him on the wing? Are they going to put him at center? And I'm assuming everybody's hoping for a nice bounce back year from him. So again, the plan is to put him at center. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. Ideally, you know, he's playing center for the rest of his career, just because the Red Wings aren't very deep at center. Um, but as far as, you know, his, his slump last year and moving forward, you know, I fully expect him to get back to his old self a little bit. Um, you know, you're right. He, he, he did have a, um, a rough second season in the league. Uh, teams learned, learned to play against him. He was centering his own line and generating his own offense instead of playing on Henrik Zetterberg's wing. And, uh, you know, when you're – your uh, line mates are typically Riley Shan and Justin Abdelkader, who combined for maybe ten goals last year. Um, not much is going to happen. So it was a it was a good learning experience. But uh, um, Chris Draper actually did a, a, an interview recently and touched on uh, you know Larkin's development and only had great things to say about the kid. He, he loves the game. He's a rink rat. He always wants to get better. And you know when you have that in a, you know, in one of your top prospects, that's always a good thing. And I'm not concerned about uh, his development forward. I know he'll always want to be better and uh, the production will come with that as well. So here we are in the post Babcock era for the Red Wings. I'm just curious how you think Blashill did in year one. And you think there's anything different he might do in year two that we could look forward to? Well, uh, this will be, oh, this will be year three for yeah, him. I'd say year three, actually. Yeah. Crazy, oh, believe yeah. it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for Red Wings fans, you try to black out last year as much as you can. <laughs> uh, you know, it's – we'll see what happens this year. I mean, last year was not great. There's no hiding that. Um, right. You can blame the personnel as much as you want, but when you look around at the production and, the you know, how players progressed from year one to year two of Jeff Blaschel's uh, tenure there, a lot of people underperformed. and. Uh -huh. I'm I'm an optimist, honestly, and 
you know, I, I know Riley Shane could score more than two goals in a season. I know Thomas Tatar can score more than he did. Um, I know Larkin and Mantha will be better. I know Danny DeKaiser will be better this season after a terrible first, uh, first year on the top uh, defensive pairing. There's a lot of room for improvement. Um, and the team definitely played below what they're capable of last year. So I really think Blaschel's fate is tied to how uh, things go early on this season. Um, you know, the Red Wings don't tend to make rash, rash decisions. Um, I, I don't think uh, firing Jeff Blaschel will be rash at this point after, you know, how the team's performed the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, if the team starts out slow again and there's, you know, there are other issues with the team, then it wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, John Torchetti or Todd Nelson take over at some point. No, yeah. I mean, the the new arena this year, that's exciting. Do you kind of have any to touch on with that? I mean, it's a new era for the Red Wings. I mean, their playoff streak's over. They're no longer playing at Joe Luce Arena. Um, Right. You know, you can tie what you want to playing in a new building, but it's up to the team to kind of take this and run with it. You know, you don't have, you don't get the opportunity very often to open up a new building and create your own history. So, hopefully, the, the players, you know, understand that they have the build, they have the ability to do so, and uh, want to open it up with a, a great year and uh, you know turn the team around from a terrible previous season. So we'll get to the uh, to the wrap-up part of it here, the final question, or I guess you could say kind of two questions in one. Uh, we've asked every writer, we plan to ask every writer we have on for the division preview here. So, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think Bill and I kind of have the same feeling here on Detroit. You know, we kind of see them as bottom team of the division or maybe one of the last two. Um, but what's your feel this year, the prediction for the Red Wings? And also, you know, the Atlantic division is so wide open this year. Uh, I'm just curious who you think the top three teams are in the division. So. I guess I had a two-parter. What first, what you feel about the Red Wings, and then two, who you think the top three teams in the division are? I mean, as I mentioned before, I I'm an optimist with the Red Wings, uh, just because honestly, I've never been in this position before where we've been a bottom bottom, bottom feeder team. So, <laughs> you know, I I can uh, well, I can see the Red Wings re- repeating last year and you know challenging for the top pick again in the draft. Um, I can also see them performing a little better maybe getting closer to a playoff spot i know the organization doesn't want to lose right away opening up the building they want to win um you know they may not challenge for the cup but they want to be improving game after game year after year instead of you know committing to a full-out rebuild um just because you know we've seen with toronto that it works but in other cases it doesn't work and it turns a three-year process or five-year process turns into a 10-year process if not longer but for this upcoming season um you know as i mentioned a ton of players underperformed last year and um apart from that just a, a tremendous amount of things went wrong for the red wings so if they're able to turn around a few things and win a few more games here and there yeah they could challenge for a wild card spot it wouldn't surprise me at all i mean the, with the parity in the league it's it's entirely possible but um reality is that they're probably going to be you know bottom three teams in the division um 
as far as the top teams in the division go, um, I can definitely see Tampa Bay uh, having a great season right. you know, once they're healthy. I think their goalie Vasilevsky is ready to be a full-time starter uh, with out of the way. Again, uh, health is the key thing there just because they've, you know, that, that team's had a number of injuries over the past few seasons. Um, you know, with all that confuses us with Montreal and Mark Bergevin's moves, um, oh. they still have Carey Price in that. And they, you know, still have Pacioretty and Weber. And now they have Drewan as well. So, you know, they could be a top team as well. Um, uh, Toronto is going to be up there, of course, with uh, the young guys, another year older, another year better. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, Boston and Florida and, and Buffalo are all looking good as well. But if, if I had to name my top three for the division, it would probably go uh, Tampa, Montreal, um, Boston. I like Interesting. Very interesting. I'm always, like I said, I'm always, it's such an open division. I'm very curious to see how people feel about it. So Tony Wolak, who covers the Detroit Red Wings for the hockey writers, you can follow him on Twitter at Polak Wolak. I like the, like the Twitter handle there. Uh, so Tony, thanks, man. I really appreciate you giving us time and coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it, boys. Have a good one. All right, you too. Welcome back to Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and the Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. So again, that was Tony Wolak, who covers the Detroit Red Wings for the Hockey Writers. Um, So Bill, like we said a little earlier in the podcast here, the interesting thing um, that really came out of that was the Anthony Sioux, I guess, content of that kind of got even more escalated today with the Dreger news that's saying that Basically, right now, it looks like he's going to the KHL. Like, unless something drastically changed with Detroit, he's going to the KHL, which I don't know. I mean, there has to be teams that it's one make a trade call. And I put it on Twitter, too. For the love of God, will somebody <laughs> just offer sheet this guy? Like, are you kidding? This is, so, this is such an easy offer sheet at this point. You don't got to go crazy. You can, they have no cap space you can get it for cheap. Yeah, I, I just I, – real quick, though, I want to throw it out there. But, by the way, even though this uh, – is recorded today. I was still on the pain pills yesterday. <laughs> so, so the Blashill year three or year two thing, uh, I'm going to blame that, blame that on the happy pills. I did forget about that part. That's a, a good catch. <laughs> yeah. Cause honestly, even the, the little Caesars question after that, I was literally still in the moment looking up. <laughs> yeah, luckily, been, luckily for you, I edited it out long. so it doesn't sound as bad as it did. But you said, uh, like 15 times, but I edited it out so it's not as bad as it was. But, uh, yeah, so that part was funny. But, yeah, I mean, to the Antecio part, I mean, he's a, he's young, he's fast. The offer sheet would literally be nothing. I mean, the it'll never happen. But, again, I, it's just a team that's literally begging to be offer sheeted. And uh, instead, a guy is going to have to go play in the KHL for a year because no GM is going to want to sack up and – and kind of make the offer sheet. I mean, it's unfortunate. He's a, he's a young, quick guy that could really bolster, uh, you know, a, a 
bottom six that might not be as strong. I mean, even here in Buffalo, put him on Eichel's wing. Can you imagine those two speedsters? That would work as well. Flying yeah. open on the ice. I mean, that'd be insane. Yeah. I mean, cause especially if a guy like Nylander isn't ready this year, uh, a guy like Anthony Nacio could easily hold that spot for a year. And it's, it's going to be other things that will drive you crazy possibly um, with them being on the same line, as opposed to someone like a Palmville who just might not be fast enough right. or a Pouliot who might not be fast enough. Uh, Anthony Nacio, he'll at least get to the spot where Eichel needs to be. And Eichel's not going to have to come uh, carry the puck over the blue line as he does so many times and, and kind of just stop and wait for everybody to catch up. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's Detroit just begging someone to do something. He's the the GM had really uh, he hasn't made too many good moves. Especially like last year, he made a lot of. I mean, yeah, they're one year deals, so th- those don't really hurt you. But a lot of head scratchers. Yep. Me personally, I really don't look for Detroit to be to be good again. I mean, he he did say a lot of good things, like uh, that one. This has happened before. Yeah. Two. Uh, a lot of the guys that he said should have a better year than last year, I would agree with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, to, to be fair, though, he rattled off like seven guys. So I'm like, well. well of course. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, specifically, I'm thinking of like Lark, Larkin and Chia. They, they both yeah, Larkin have, and Chia, and I think they'll bounce back here. Especially should, should Larkin. Yeah. But right. uh, I mean, it, like you mentioned, some of the ridiculous contracts. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you're giving guys like Eblicator that much money. Like, what are you doing? And even Helm, they, they panicked on Helm and they gave Helm all that money, too. Yeah, I mean, the Avocator contract, it's like Tortorella signed it or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like he, when he was building Team USA. I, I just – I don't know. Uh, you kind of – sometimes you fall in love with your own guys and, and you overvalue role players who are literally role players. They're not yep. guys that are going to be filling in those top spots and scoring goals, and uh, it's hurt them. Yes, they've had things like the Datsu contract um, that there's nothing you can really do about it, but even that, they moved. and. And they're still in the trouble they're in today. And man, Zetterberg in a couple of years, or even in a year, if he retires, yeah. they're they're in some big trouble. And uh, I hope Detroit enjoyed their 25 years of yeah. playoff runs because right. I don't know when they're going to get back anytime soon. I mean, even DeKaiser, we saw that contract last year. Like, what are you doing? And then even right. Tony mentioned he struggled last year. Like, yeah, it's just it's. I think like they 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 panicked in a way, and they they tried to force feed to give themselves, oh, we got to keep making the playoffs every year. Like, just, I don't know, do whatever you got to do. Sign back to win your deal. Give, nope, yeah. you'll give this guy what he wants and this guy. And it's, it's like they, they were scared that, you know, Babcock leaving them, that this was going to happen. And the funny thing is it really didn't have to happen. They kind of did it to themselves that right. they, they felt like they had to prove that it wasn't just Babcock and they handed all these monster contracts to keep people around and, and now they're handcuffed for a year even next year might be even worse contract wise. Yeah. So they're uh they got some definitely uh some rough waters ahead. Yeah, I mean I mean to be fair, they probably give them some credit. They have some kids. I mean they have Tatar is pretty good, Nyquist, yeah. Larkin, Mantha. I mean they have some guys there, but again it, it's surrounded by so so many I don't know, guys who are either A overpaid or B past their prime and it's just I, I don't know. I I don't see anything turn around for Detroit in the next Probably what I think safe to say two or three years they take uh, easy yeah. to bomb that division, which is crazy. You think of Detroit, you know? I mean, that's nuts. But hey, you know, times change around here. It's not too crazy. If uh, <laughs> you've been calling we, it for years, right? We've been trying to predict <laughs> for a couple of years now. So uh, yeah, I mean, Detroit between between well, me and you and and all of our listeners, uh, it's never a team that I'm really going to feel bad for if they go on 
a little bit of a run downhill for yeah. a while. Um, they've had their run. I feel no, you know, love for Detroit in any sense. So they can they can sit at the bottom for a while for all I care. <laughs> the other interesting guy that came up today, we'll quickly touch on, uh, Sam Bennett. He's another guy that, but Dreger said, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of, there's a wide gap there with Calgary and he can even go to Europe too if they can't get something done, which is crazy. That's kind of the new thing where, you know, last year it was guys holding out. We had, you know, Raquel versus Lineman to the last day. There was a, was it Vatnin who held out late or Lindholm? One of them did. Yeah, held out late. And, uh, but now it looks like the new trend this year is to go to Europe and go play in the KHL. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, they, I think teams are realizing that they, <laughs> they have all the leverage and they don't necessarily have to hand out these big contracts to kids that don't necessarily deserve them. I'm not saying FSU right. does, but Bennett kind of had a down year and, and I don't yep. know if he really deserves any kind of big money. Uh, I could see him doing like a one year prove it kind of deal. And then maybe you give him that big contract, but uh, I don't blame Calgary for not, you know, dishing out cash in any sense, uh, depending on what it's being asked. But uh, quickly, just, I, I did want to bring up Mrazic too. That's the other thing. The goalie situation. Yeah, Howard had a good year, but oh yeah, pull the, the rug out under Mrazek. I do like him. I think he's going to be a good goalie. So something to look forward to. If anything for Detroit this year, that for me that's what it'd be. If, if Mrazek can have a bounce back year, but yeah, yeah, back to sorry. Go ahead. No, so yeah, I mean Tony said Howard would start with. I think it's kind of crazy that Mrazek's a better player, and you know yeah, Howard had a good season last year, but he only played like 30, 40 games. You know that's less than half a season. Right. So I, I don't know. You're gonna you all your thing on that. I'd rather go with my kid that I don't know has more upside. But again, they they expose him in the expansion draft. So who Super knows what they really think about him anyway. So uh, it's it's Detroit for it's Holland. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't see Holland lasting too much long. I think honestly that you want a bold prediction for him. I mean, it's a bold prediction, but here's a prediction for you. I think both Blashville and Holland are out of Detroit by the end of the season. That's my opinion. I'd say it's pretty bold, but uh, I also don't think it necessarily is crazy. Um, I don't know how many people would, would, you know, come out and say that, but I don't know how many people would disagree once you've said it. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see, uh, like you said, a couple of years of pain here and then them deciding, uh, rightfully so that they kind of need to rebuild here, but. Hey, Tony said, it's a new era. I got a new arena, new era, get a new coach, get a new GM. Let's hit this rebuild and, you know, build a new era of Detroit Red Wings hockey, you know? Yep. Cause they're going to have to start bringing those kids up, especially with the cap situation there. Absolutely. So we have our own guy speaking of contracts and caps and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jack Eichel, the news came out today because he was back in Buffalo for practices with Kyle Laposo. Uh, the news came out today that it appears, and we all thought for sure we'd have a contract in hand by training camp, which is next week. Uh, not the case anymore, it seems. So it seems like he's going to go into the season without a contract, kind of um, – I don't know. I guess he's going to go into the season. He's going to have a big year and try to get more money than what the Sabres are offering now. And the Sabres, I guess, are kind of rooting him on. I say, okay, go ahead and do it. But I don't know, man. That's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly risky. I mean, I would love to know where Jack and the Sabres are. If Jack wants 10.5 and, and the Sabres are going, eh, I don't know, 9.5, I think is where I want to be. Like, you guys are nuts. Right. You guys are absolutely nuts. If this guy goes up and puts up, between 80 and 90 points and they make the playoffs and he's an MVP candidate potentially if he brings this team to the playoffs, you're up in your $13 million. Dude, that's another $3 million for the next eight years. Right. I mean, yeah. it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but it is. But that, that's like a bottom, that's like a good bottom six forward you could add, but you've got to pay Eichel a $3 million because 
you were quabbling over a million dollars. You want to go nine and a half, you want a ten and a half. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, definitely. Depending on how long this goes, um, if they, the contract talks come out and it is something around 10, 10 and a half that they're balking at and saying, go play the season and, and we'll kind of touch base, you know, throughout the season. That's uh, at least the first, the first question mark for a, for a cap guy in Bottrell. Yeah. Right. Uh, kind of what are you doing here? If he's willing to sign 10, 10 and a half, that run, run to the bank and sign done. it. You should. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting uh, to see kind of if, what if and what leaks out uh, as the contract talks yeah. continue? I mean, really, uh, kind of the way this goes, it's it's step one right here is leaking out. To, they're they're not getting anything done. I think step two right. is somebody leaks what the money is. I mean, I think that's coming here the next few days to a week. Right. I mean, I could. I mean, even if he's asking eleven, do you not just pay that right now? Because, like you said, I, would. I still would. Because I, I, there's no way in my head, there's no way this guy's not putting up at least seventy points next season if he if he's healthy. If he's healthy, right? In my head, yeah. there's no way he's not putting up at least seventy points next year. You're, yeah, you're basically by not signing a contract now, you're basically banking on injury, and I don't know that that's the smartest thing, considering how weird the injury was last time. Injuries happen; he could miss a couple games, but even right. if he misses five, ten, he's 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 a point a game player. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, if they even come closer to get a wild card, you're in trouble. And it's because of him. Like you're, yeah, you're in yeah. a lot of trouble. You're you're forking out money, and now that Reinhardt contract is looking even more, you know, not scary. But you got to do that well because it, this whole time, Jack's going to get paid. What Jack's going to get paid? Uh, yeah, it could be three million dollars different if if you wait. But I, I think the Reinhardt contract is the one that's going to be interesting if he doesn't move. Not saying that he is going to be, but when that contract gets signed, if you're now paying Jack you know, eleven and a half, twelve million. Upwards of that, that Reinhardt contract has got to be pretty dang good right. to, co- to counter the Eichel contract. Otherwise, we're, you are going to be in a little bit of cap trouble and you're going to have to make things work and, and you can kiss Kane goodbye. Uh, not necessarily that that won't happen anyways, but that contracts like Pominville, even though it's only two more years, but Bogosian, those start to, you know, they'll start to add up and you'll be in trouble for a couple of years where you'll need that relief and things could add up quickly and I don't know. I just I would never bet against Jack Eichel, especially with no. what he's done in his first two years. No, I maybe they're using it as like a motivation to have him have a good year. But you mentioned Reinhardt. The thing is, you got to think too. Presumably, Sam is going to be on Jack's wing. So if Jack's having a good year too, guess who else is? Probably Reinhardt. Right. And that just whoop, drives that money up too. That's why we kind of talked about before. Like, I don't know. Like, I I I, I get and if, it. And you if Kane's that other, if Kane's right. that other winger. Right, and that's, that's, that's your best line, and they both te- they all three of them tear it up. You're like, look, I had to let Kane walk, and Eichel wants 12, and I don't know, Sam wants six and a half now because he scored 55, 60 points. Like, I don't know. It, it, that's why I personally, I would talk about this, I would have approached Reinhardt this year. If anything, get me two years, $4 million, or two years, four and a half. Right. Like, push, <laughs> I guess, push the issue down the road. Is that kind of how I would do it? Like, kick the Kane down the road here? And approach like Reinhardt in two years, and I'm mean, looking at cap friendly now. What if what if Victor Antipin's really good? You got to pay him next year. He's an RFA next year. What if he's good? Yeah, you got to pay him. I mean, it's just it's I don't know. It's it's uh, it makes me nervous. I'll say <laughs> I'll say oh, well, that it's 
I'll put your I'll put your nerves at ease for a little bit. I, they do still have a lot of good young guys. Right, um, right. They that, do. That, that they can easily bring up to fill these spots. If you get if you do get into some trouble, they have they have guys that can come up and play. Um, guys we've been waiting on, and guys like Delander and Middlestad who who will be ready to go uh, in the next couple of years. So uh-huh. if, if if you keep drafting well, like this is it's the key to the you know the key to the the treasure, I guess. It's a bottles, bottles way of doing it, right? You just you got to keep drafting well so that when you sign these big contracts, the guys coming up can fill these spots at low money. Like you said, it's just how Bottle does it. You you need your Jake Ensels and your your Brian Russ to kind of fill those bottom six roles and play really well, so that when you're paying Malcolm Crosby, you know Eichel, O'Reilly, um, it doesn't hurt as much, and and you can make it work. So. It's going to be interesting, um, especially depending on who makes the roster this year. Uh, there's a lot of things they look forward to. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a couple games in they get it signed. Yeah. But I, I think if they don't get it done in the first couple of weeks, uh, you're probably looking for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, we can – I'm looking at – like I said, I'm looking at Cat for the now. I mean, we, have, we got a question on Twitter uh, from Joe from Sabres Fanatics. You know, you know, I guess I'm going to kind of jump here now because it kind of ties in what I'm going to go to here is – and he said, out of Bailey, Baptiste, Fashing, Smith, and Nylander, who makes the team? Because ideally, it's going to be one of those who are going to be in Jack's other wing if it's not Kane. Mm-hmm. I always forget about C.J. Smith. So he's an interesting option, too. I'm glad he threw him in there. But, I mean, looking at Cat Friendly, one of those guys make the team. Well, C.J. Smith, Hudson Fashing, Nick Baptiste, and Justin Bailey, they are all RFAs next year, all of them. So if one of them or two of them makes the team, one of them has a good year, like, I don't know, here's, here comes the payday. If one goes on Jack's wing, let's say it's Bailey, goes on Jack's wing, has a monster year in the Bailey term, scores 45 points. Like, uh, like that, that's, again, that's another thing that's going to drive up your cap here, which kind of, I don't know, like it, it's, is it that big of a deal, but it, it's hmm. still something to consider. Right. I, I still think those are manageable, though, because you're talking about a, a first-year full-time NHL guy who you put up points, but put up points on Michael's wing, and I think it's pretty easy to, okay, a year, to, probably two two to three-year deal, show me that you can keep doing it, and then you'll get your payday at the end of the, the two yeah. to three years. So I, I think those are still manageable contracts, but I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> two years at one and a half, two as opposed to a 45 point guy who's making two and a half, three. Yeah. That, that's where, you know, those little, those little, you know, million dollars here, $3 million like there, you know, a million and a half, two million to Reinhardt there, as opposed to what you thought you'd be paying this season off season. Um, that's where you can get in a little bit of trouble, but. Uh, and what are you going to do if Robert Leonard has a big year? He's an RFA next year. Well, apparently he's not staying, sticking around, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. He's, he's a joke, anyways. What are we? What are we talking about? How could you forget? <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's another guy, and, and like you said, Antipin, and I mean, Antipin at least if he has a monster year and you can't pay that contract, I think Gooley easily fills that spot next year. Yeah. So I, I mean, you have your options, and look at what he did this year. He he basically took half the defense and overhauled it. So it's not like you can't go out and get guys for cheaper if you need to. But ideally, if you're you're bringing guys in and you're hitting on these free agent pickups or you know trades on high risk high, or low risk high reward guys, you want to keep them around if they hit. 
because that just makes you look better as a GM. So it's definitely, <laughs> this is definitely one of the most interesting years in a while. In the last two years, obviously you're kind of just, last year looking for a little more, but as soon as Jack got hurt, that kind of derailed things. But the last yeah. few years, you're kind of just watching, you know, O'Reilly, Eichel and, and Reinhardt to see how good they can be. But this year you're kind of seeing if they can take that next step, but you're also watching all these, all these younger guys to see kind of where they fit into the plan and if they do, because like, I mean, we've been saying it for a while, but it's, it's go time now. You got one year with the new coach, new regime, and you should be close to, if not making the playoffs this year, and then it should be your perennial playoff contender or, you know, in the playoffs every year going forward after this year. Yeah. I mean, while we're, I guess we can kind of, this kind of ties into a couple of topics, the Bailey Baptiste bashing Smith Neander thing. Quickly, um, we should probably answer that question. Yeah, that's where I was going to go next because you have okay. the Prospects <laughs> Challenge coming up where all of them, all of those guys are actually in it. So I just said it kind of ties into a couple of topics here we're going to touch on. Um, but I don't know. Everybody has a guy, right? Everybody has a guy. Last right. year, CJ Smith was my guy. Um, Carrier was your guy. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Carrier is my guy. I'm looking at Smith. That's why I said that. <laughs> um, I, I, I got into a mini argument with somebody about Brendan Gouglia, so maybe he's my guy this year. But uh, I, me – Bailey Baptiste, Fashing Smith, Nylander. Who am I rooting for? Personally, I'm rooting for Nylander. That that that's my guy. So I think I think he'd be the best fit Eichel's wing with his skill and his talent. I think fits the best the way that all three of them, Sam, Nylander, and Eichel, would see the game and think the game. I think that could be an unbelievable monster line if if Nylander put the weight on and can you know manage to keep the puck and not be knocked off as easy was last year. He definitely did put the weight on, but I, I think I agree with you in what you said. Who am I rooting for uh, to make it? I think it would be Nylander, but who makes it uh, out of camp? That's tough, but I think I'd have to go with Bailey. I mean, just the, the raw talent, the size. I think if any of those guys make his, makes it, I'm probably going to say the same thing I said last year, but he's kind of the one guy that he needs to make it this year. Uh, so if he doesn't make it, I think his, his NHL career is – starting to get iffy uh quick at least with the sabers you know that could be i mean we talk about his contracts that are up he could be a guy who's traded next year yeah so if he doesn't make it out of camp this year and he's not on the opening night roster i think uh, bailey's nhl career slash at least that uh definitely his sabers career is is over um but uh, i would look for him to be the guy and i think he will be the guy that makes it out of camp this year i'm gonna say i think he's nylander if Nylander put the weight down, I think he has the talent and the skill that they won't be able to turn it down. I mean, I, that's just I, – I, I think it's tough because looking at the roster right now, there really is only one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, could two guys make it out? Probably. That just means Molson is your extra forward and Jacob Jobs, Josephson, Jakob Josephson, isn't on the team. Is that the end of the world? No. But – um. I don't know. I, I just like if Nylander put the weight on this, I, I think he has the tool. Like he has all the tools to be NHL ready. It was just the weight. So yep. really it's when it comes to training camp, it's, we saw him in the development camp. He put on a lot of weight. So when it comes to the training camp, did he add more since development camp? And now he's ready. I mean, I, I think we're, we're going to get a glimpse on Friday, right? When he starts playing games, we're going to see him for the first time since uh, development camp. So that's going to give us an idea of where he's at. So I'm rooting for Nylander at the same time. Also, I think I think he's a dark horse. I think people aren't giving enough credit. Everyone's saying that he's just not ready yet and he's going to 
needs more time in Rochester, but I don't I don't think he does. I don't I don't think it was necessarily seeing the game or the talent or the skill or the speed. I think it was all about he played against men last year for the first time as an eighteen year old. He didn't have the strength, he was not have to puck a lot, and he kind of disappeared in games because, you know, he's a smaller guy and he was pushed around a lot by men and now he knows that he got a taste of the NHL last year and and I, I think, you know, he look, look what happened with his brother, Will. I mean, we saw they did the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he came to Toronto last year and had a monster year, you know. I'm not saying Alex is going to be as good as Will, but I'm not saying he couldn't be either. It's I, – I just I, – I see the ability there is – and the talent. I think of those guys mentioned that Nylander has the best talent and highest ceiling of all those guys that mentioned. I guess that's why I'm rooting for him. That's why I think if – if he can show that he's made those strides to get to the right spot, that he would be the guy that would, that would make the team out of camp. Yeah. I mean, you hit on a lot and you hit a lot of it on the head. It's just, I, I think out of those, those guys mentioned, he's definitely the, Ooh, look at the shiny package kind of thing. Right. Uh, he, you know, he's going to give you not only the, the points, but he's going to give you that, that high skill and, and flashy plays as well, where the other four might not necessarily be doing that. Um, it's tough. It's 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 just it's a it's a tough call because it's a new regime. Yep. Uh, with a, a lot of things that Bodero was saying, with you know we're not going to bring guys up too early. We want the AHL team to be good. It's it's really hard to. I mean, it's if you're still going off that, it's possible none of them make the team. Absolutely. But, uh, I would hope that's not the case, uh, especially this year and kind of with what everybody's looking to see with you know Housley with the new coach and and the new system that's going to be in place and. That's another thing, too. I know this is a little off topic, but how many guys that were on the team last year that are saying that they're really looking forward to the new start this year with the new coach? Yeah, I know that, too. Yep. It's, it's surprising. Well, it's not really surprising, but it's how open they are. It's, it's definitely eye-opening, I guess you could say, that, okay, all the fans were talking about it. We were harping on it, you know, all season. But obviously it wasn't just us. If all these guys are now coming out of the woodwork now that uh, Bilesma's gone, and saying that they can't wait for this, you know, this new start with the new coach and, and a new system. So, right. again, just another thing that we're going to be keeping a close eye on. And it's a great question. It's it's going to be tough, and and development camp is definitely going to be the first step to to solving this question. Um, and then training camp is not too far away, which is <laughs> exciting. Yeah, yeah. So prospect challenge, we kind of danced around a few times here, but that starts on Friday. Uh, Bruins, Devils, Penguins, and Sabres. Uh, it's kind of a round-robin type deal. Um, I think the Sabres play on, if I'm not mistaken, Friday, Saturday, Monday. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Sabres released their roster today. Um, I mean, like we said, all four of those guys we talked about, Bailey, Baptiste, uh, Nylander, C.J. Smith are on it, Hudson Fashing. Uh, Vasily Glotov is on there. He's the guy who um, – dabbed at development camp he's on there uh sean malone's another guy a lot of people forget about he'll be mm-hmm. there cliff Pooh, he's another guy he's the speedster uh ghoulie who of course you know is all just always interesting um and then beyond that i don't know it's there's a couple guys that i was like who is this guy i had to look up so they're kind of some <laughs> invites um yeah i mean those are your main guys you know the guys i just mentioned there but i mean like i said i'm excited to see them i think Cliff Pooh maybe is one of the most more intriguing guys because a lot of people kind of forget about him. It's his, it's his speed, and he's going to be the main guy in London this year going back. And he kind of was last year, and he had a good year too for London. Yep. He'll be the main guy again this year. So next year you probably should expect to see him in Rochester. But uh, 
there's definitely some guys that watch for the Sabres. Is anybody that stands out to you besides the big, I guess, four or five? No, not really. I mean, I, I think especially with the big club this year, it's going to be keeping an eye on those guys because those are the guys that kind of like we said last year, and it, it didn't happen in the prospects challenge last year. So they really need to come out this year and, you know, show that they're a higher level than all the other guys that are on the ice. Um, so I think if anything, those are the guys that, yeah, they're the guys everybody's watching, but the guys that will be watching even more closely because they really need to be, you know, again, new coach, new regime, uh, making a name for themselves because they're not tied to any of these guys. So uh, I really, really, like I said, I really look for those guys to, to kind of step up this uh, for the prospects challenge. I do have other guys on other teams. I was going to say, the Sabres are the only guys bringing some talent. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. We'll start with New Jersey. I mean, they're, they're bringing Nico, so he'll be there. Um, if you want it, Will Butcher. We just mm-hmm. talked about him a couple weeks ago. He'll be there for New Jersey. Uh, Pittsburgh, we don't know who they're bringing yet, but the team that has actually a lot of talent on it, looking at it, is Boston. Yep. Charlie McAvoy, Andres Bjork, uh, Jake DeBrusque, uh, JFK is going to be there, uh, Danton Heinen. Man, they have, I'm looking at the list right now. They have a lot of guys. Um, Jacob Zorbro is going to be there. He's a first-round pick. Jeremy Lawson. I mean, Boston's bringing a lot of big names to the tournament. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to see Charlie McAvoy play. That That's yeah. kind of when if, – if anybody, maybe of all the teams, McAvoy would be the guy I'm most excited about seeing. Yeah, I would probably say Nico and McAvoy would probably be the two on um, the two teams that I would I'm most excited to see. Uh, McAvoy, just what he did coming into the league last year, playing, what, six regular season games and then going to the playoffs, he was just a monster uh, yep. at, what, 17 at the time? So yep. it's just crazy uh, kind of what he did at the end of last season. So it'll be really interesting to see what he does in this prospect challenge. Uh, and interesting, interesting to see what he kind of brings to a full season this year with the Bruins. Uh, and then Nico, he's, he's obviously the, the new kid on the block. Uh, number two, or number one draft pick. Yep. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see, especially when you, like we said, uh, talking about fantasy earlier, the last couple of years you had McDavid, Eichel, and Matthews. So it'll be interesting to see how kind of further down Nico is as a number one draft pick compared to the last three. Yeah. If yeah, at all. This, but, right. right. You, you might, be. you might steal the tournament. You never know when, you know, I guess we'll kind of get in a glimpse when he's there. Um, so beyond that, the last kind of, I guess you could say Sabres newsy thing, inside some other stuff we'll kind of get to, we'll kind of touch on a little bit, but, um, Bill, new regime, new GM, he likes PTOs. We have a GM who likes PTOs. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> I never, I never even heard of the guy, but I could definitely say I was definitely, I was super excited that, uh, for all the guys we were crying about just, uh get a look at the PTOs last year that Murray just never seemed interested in, in offering. We have our first one. So uh, it looks like this year it'll be <laughs> a little more prevalent when we bring the list of guys that should be offered PTOs. Right. right. Uh, that could actually possibly happen because it looks like Botchville is not afraid to do it, which so I think is, is more important even more than the guy that was actually offered the PTO. So the Sabres PTO, what's his name? Hold on. Cody Goliba. Cody Golubuff is how you pronounce it on the least prospects. Uh, he played for the Avalanche last year, 33 games with Colorado, uh, spent five years in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. He's a defenseman. 
He is, I think he was a former, I want to say, was he a second round pick? The second round pick in 2008, 27 years old, 6'1", 185 pounds. Uh, thanks for coming, Cody Goldbluff, but I'm pretty sure you're not making the team unless you go nuts mm-hmm. and somebody else falls on their face. But, hey, like I said, I don't know, whatever. It's a camp body, somebody to watch. Um, and But we know our general manager is not opposed to PTOs like the last one. So that, at least that makes the conversation more interesting. If not, this year going forward, we, have a, we know that we have a GM who is considerate and maybe we can get some of those guys in here. Right, right. It's always exciting when you're bringing, uh, you know, new guys that no one's really heard of. Even if they mean absolutely nothing, it's at least somebody to watch for the first couple of minutes until you realize that, hey, we have too many defensemen as it is, so you're not going to Yeah, so there's really not much to say on Golubov, but besides, uh, I don't know, good luck guy, maybe you'll be in the AHL. I don't know. That's, like, that's all I can give you. <laughs> um, let's look into the main Sabre stuff. Um, if you want it, it's I guess it's kind of prospect-related. Um, they had a kid – now his name escapes me. Sheesh. Um, I don't know. The kid who's at Notre Dame, I can't believe his name escapes me now, moved to Minnesota. He was a former second-round pick in 2013. Moved to the University of Minnesota from Notre Dame. So he'll take a full year off. But I don't know. I mean, he was kind of hurt last year. I don't know if he was hurt, but he left Notre Dame. I think it was like a leave of absence. He played in 21 games, I think, 16 points, 21 games. Um but now he's gonna sit the entire year out. Is he gonna play at Notre? He's gonna play at Minnesota next year. And I guess the interesting thing is, you know, he could potentially play. It's Connor Hurley. Sorry, now it hit me. Connor Hurley um, going to University of Minnesota from Notre Dame. He'll sit out this upcoming season, play in eighteen nineteen for his senior year. But I guess if he wants something interesting, if Middlestad is there for a sophomore year, they could be playing together. But but that's about it. Is it is at this point? But I don't I don't think he's really high on the same radar right now. He wasn't. He hasn't been great in college, and I don't know, I guess we'll see what a senior year yields. But, you know, that happened today, too. Uh, but beyond that, uh, some cool stuff I guess we can talk about. First thing is kind of cool. The Sabres are in the giveaways this year. So that's pretty awesome. I think there they was listened. like – Yeah, right. They actually took the advice once. I think it's – what was it? Eight to ten games or my way too high? That seems about right, right? Eight to ten games are doing giveaways this year? They're too low. Pretty too sure. low is more than that? It How is – I think it was like 21. 21 games? Wow. Games are all in. <laughs> <laughs> all in on giveaways. I've uh, got it right here. 22 promotional nights and four theme nights. Wow. Well, there you go. Look at that. Eight I mean, giveaway I saw bobbleheads, nights. T-shirts, stuff like that. T-shirts on opening night. Magnet schedules the night after. Then you got dog tags. They basically line up with uh, – Holidays after that. So, like, okay, uh, you got the dog tags, and you have uh, during the hockey fights, cancer, you got scarves, uh, growth charts, winter classic jersey towels, which I think will be really cool, green koozies for St. Patty's Day, and then bobbleheads on the fan appreciation night. Hmm. Okay. And then you got some theme nights and some promotional nights as well. Well, it's better than just getting sunglasses and the uh, and only half the finale, stay. right? Have they only had the arena getting sunglasses on the, on the, on the <laughs> family night. So, I don't know. I, I guess, hey, they, they listened, and that, that's cool. That would be good for fans. Uh, the last thing we want to touch on, um, which is pretty cool. I forgot about it. You put it on the list. Uh, Marty Baron, as it should be, is going to be taking over for Brad May in pregame, postgame, intermissions. Um, 
don't know, man. Marty's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so I, I'm kind of glad they made that move. I mean, not saying Brad May was bad, but I mean, man, Marty is. I, I think when Marty was on the broadcast last year, he was excellent. And if he replaced Ray, my heart would be broken. But uh, I'm, I'm glad they got him in here somewhere and found a spot for him because Marty knows his stuff and he's he's great. Yeah, I think May was good. I mean, obviously, past players have their their good stories. I mean, there was times he would ramble and you had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Marty, <laughs> everything he's kind of done, even when he's on NHL Network, I would watch just for Marty because he uh, he brings value. He he knows what he's talking about, and and he definitely brings it in a way that is understandable for fans. But he goes in depth too for guys like us and and our listeners yep. too really you know dig in on, on what's going on throughout the game and, and with the players in the game so I'm really looking forward to Marty this year yeah, exciting like you said that they got him in somewhere because he, uh, he's definitely a guy that you don't want to lose to any kind of national media yeah no absolutely and it's a good gift for the Sabres and I'll put him up to Brian Duff who I think is maybe one of the Sabres best commentators so mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's a good gift for the Sabres to have those guys post game pregame and intermission so Good job for the Sabres there. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we, like I said, it was kind of a busy day. I mean, it worked out pretty well for us, you know. I mean, it started off kind of depressing. Those, the Anthony Sioux knew that text you. I was like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. And, and <laughs> then we kind of got all the stuff throughout the day. The Sabres maybe kind of helped us out, knew we had something coming. So gave us a lot to talk about. And like I said, I mean, there's, there's, there's hockey games on Friday, man. Like, it's Harbor Center. Head down there, watch some hockey, some prospects. There's a lot of good players. I just in Buffalo. They're going to be there from – Yep. New Jersey and Boston too, and Pittsburgh. I'm sure we'll have some, but we just don't know who they will be yet. And um, I think you said it's the Stanley Cup hangover. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, prospect roster, yeah, whatever. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it to some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. You know, it was it was good to get. Like, I feel like, like I said, I feel like it's it's hockey season. It's September. It's I know football starts on Sunday, but I could smell the hockey. It's it's next Thursday. Uh, players report. Practices start on Friday for training camp. First preseason game, I think, is on, like, Monday, like the 18th. I mean, like, yep. it's hockey games, man. Like, it's happening. Here it comes. It's crazy. We're back. We're back. <laughs> That's right. It's great. Yeah, I mean, next week, you know, when we talk again, we'll have the division preview team and then, like, I don't know. Like I said, we'll have hockey game to talk about. We'll be able to talk about the prospect challenge. Maybe out of the five guys talked about Bailey Baptiste, Fashing Smith, Nylander, we can kind of say like, well, so-and-so is ahead right now because they had a really good, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing our, our kind of guys in guys out again this year. Yeah. Our rosterology, right? First four in, first four out kind of deal. We'll start with uh, the prospect channel. Definitely. And that's when the competition starts for those guys. So. It's time for them to start making moves, and I don't know. I think mean, beyond we touch, anything else do you want to touch on before we kind of do a little spiel here at the end? Um, yeah, might as well. I, I retweeted it a couple of days ago, but um, obviously everybody knows what happened in Houston uh, over the past couple of weeks, and seen the pictures and everything. And, and Zach Bogosian has this Bogo bunch. Uh, he's kind of raising money for them right now. I think he's at like eleven and a half out of 20 K he's trying to raise. So obviously if anybody wants to donate or help out the people of Houston, uh, go check that out. We did retweet it. Uh, I can do it again after the podcast or tomorrow. So you guys can see that obviously anything helps and you feel for the people down there. So 
I just yeah. want to sneak that in there. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, it's, it's Harvey this week, and unfortunately, the way it looks, we're going to be talking about Irma next week. I mean, that just looks yeah. like a monster Category 5 hurricane headed for, even if it just taps Florida, I mean, for the people in, you know, Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, I mean, they're right, they're right in the eye. They're not missing. They're right in the eye, so. Right. I mean, it's a monster Category 5 hurricane with 175-mile-an-hour winds heading that way. I mean, and, so I don't know, say a little prayer for those people, and I'm sure we'll have some donation stuff for them in the coming days because that seems like an absolute monster out of their way. And, you know, I suppose that turns out, but it, it's scary. It's, it's crazy, you know. It, see, like you said, seeing those pictures in Houston, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's devastating. You know, I can't really – being here in Buffalo, it's hard to put yourself in that position because we kind of – we have bad snowstorms, but, um, you know, we don't have hurricanes, tornadoes, or stuff like that, or earthquakes even really here, so – and kind of count your blessings for that. You know, it's it, it's hard to lose your entire house underwater because your whole house is underwater, you lose everything. There's no coming back for that. It, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, I'll kind of end it with um, one of the best tweets I saw is sometimes it's it's nice and they thank JJ Watt for not sticking to sports because what he's doing has been incredible. Yeah, yeah, up to twenty million today. So that's. $20 million, and the guy sent 10 semis full of supplies on the Houston. So, hey, man, J.J. Watt, you know, all the credit to you. We're a hockey podcast, but, hey, man, I mean, that guy just – that guy got it done, and, you know, he's – I don't know. I don't know the word here around very often, but I think for a guy who raised $20 million and 10, sends 10 semis trucks full of supplies on the Houston, I don't know. If that's not a hero, I don't know what else is, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to do a little spiel here to close it out. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at BTB hockey, uh, interact with us, talk. I mean, like I said, the season's coming around, there's games coming around. Uh, so definitely make sure you're trying to interact with us again and get back in the hockey feel, uh, subscribe, rate, share iTunes, uh, for the moment, SoundCloud. So watch out if that changes, but for the moment, SoundCloud still Stitcher tuning, Google play, the hockey writers podcast channel, of course, grandstand sports, the best view in sports. And then also our uh, partner, Just Dish and Hockey, released some news today. They're going to have their first pop-up shop on September 30th on Allen. Uh, so go to their Twitter page at Just Dish and or to their website um, and see the details for that. Uh, we might have a little bit more of a surprise to kind of tack on to that, Bill. But uh, I guess we'll kind of lock that one down 100% before we kind of break that, that news. But um Probably a good idea. Keep your eyes peeled for that because there might be something that goes along with that coming from us there. So, um, mm-hmm. so keep keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. Uh, so for Chad and Bill, we are out of here this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm pretty sure at this point we're going to go back to the weekly podcast now. So won't be any breaks because hockey games start on Friday. Training camp starts on Friday, the following Friday. So it's hockey season, man, and it is time to talk hockey, get back ready for the season, and get full bore. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following us and interacting. We appreciate all of our fans, and we will talk to you next week. Enjoy the Prospects Challenge. Hope hope some of you, if not all of you, get down there and get to see some prospects. And enjoy the hockey because, like I said, Bill, we're back, baby. We're back, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see.
Gibson gets it. And it 